I'm here today with an award-winning entrepreneur. She just been named the best entrepreneur by Total Energies. She is also a leader in the industry that is very crucial to Zimbabwe right now, agriculture, and she's in agronomic engineering. So forget, thank you so much for coming to my podcast, Next Gen Zimbabweans. are you doing and okay thank you for having me um i'm doing well it's only that you know today was my day to rest but it turned out to be a very busy day um i think everything is okay <laughs> it's you know every day is different but i can't complain right um yeah. you talk about every day being different as an entrepreneur how what's helped you to keep up with those constant changes and those differences and even having maybe your rest day turning into something else busier how do you handle that yeah um you know uh flexibility is very is very important but uh i do i'm flexible and do stick to my you know plan at the end of the day things come up and it's also very important to accomplish, you know, everything, the objectives that I have for each and every day. So I can be flexible trying to juggle many things, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I also uh, learned to understand, uh, you know, where I can go up to, where I can put a Limits, stop. yeah. Yeah, and what I can do and what I can't, and I don't shy off, you know, to, there is a power in saying no. So mm. there are some things that come along the day, even if I can do it when I'm busy, I can say no. For today, no, maybe we can do it the other time. But unless it's something that is very urgent that I feel like, okay, uh, if I don't do this, and if it turned out to be bad, it will also make me, you know, feel bad. I can just uh, do it. And um, so you need just to, to, to understand that this is what you have for, for the day. And at the end of the day, you need to get everything done. If other things come, then you prioritize, okay, which, which are the things that have high priority that I should do first, which are the things that can wait. And uh, you can also say no if you can't. And if you are busy, you know, and if you just see that, okay, all of these things are going to suffocate me, you can say no, because right. at the end of the day, you matter. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a word right there. And so I really love that you are very intentional with your decision-making. So they yeah. are, I'm now curious about the decision of you getting into um, agronomy, engineering i don't know if i'm saying it right but what was the reason behind that okay so um uh, i can say it has much to do with my background so in the first instance uh if you were to take me uh to the time that i was five years old i had no intention no passion no desire to be 
an agronomic engineer. I wanted to be like my mother. My mother was a bank teller. So she was uh, very inspirational. So I wanted to be like her. Then, uh, you know, as you grow up, then she departed this world. I had to go and stay with my grandmother. And my grandmother was a subsistent farmer. So it means like everything just turned, you know, now um, living on uh, in the village, and what we eat, where we get, we get money, it comes from the farm. So from that, I think I developed the passion in agriculture, but not that really much till uh, I saw a problem. You know, there are some things um, that happened that push you, that can make you change your decision and think, okay, uh, if I can step up, I can make things better. So I was informed too, uh, with my belief, just to trust me, at school, everyone just know that the commerce girl is here. In commerce, I can get 100, you know, yeah. even neglecting other, other subjects. It was just out of ignorance. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you go to a boarding school, you know, like you're in form one and everyone like, yeah, that was that kind of ignorance. So... And I have like, you know, favorite teachers. Like, oh, she's a very good student. Yeah. She's very intelligent. And yeah, sometimes it's it, it was about commencing. So um, that when I was informed to, that was second term. I went home as usual. And one of uh, our Sawira's neighbor came home mm -hmm. and asked my grandmother for ammonium nitrate fertilizer. So it just looks like, you know, the boat sold. So she, you just said, um, he came asking for fertilizer, you know, with the cup. That was a bit, you know, <laughs> strange. Who come to ask you for fertilizer with the cup? A cup is not, like, can't do anything really. So I really wanted to understand. Then I asked him what you are, wanted to use the fertilizer for. So he said, oh, I have this ox. It has a wound. So we are trying to cure to cure that wound. So, you know, that's, that's something very inhuman. Uh, so I just uh, followed him to the crop. He scratched the wound, started oozing blood. For a moment, I closed my eyes. <laughs> and just because, you know, you are so curious opened my eyes and he put a little bit of the fertilizer that ox you know jumped over the crow and there was this little girl with a wheelbarrow you know in rural areas people go to fetch water at the bowl so she had a wheelbarrow with four 20 liters containers and she's so young and this ox almost hit her i went to school I was in A class and my practical subject, I was doing computer science and technical graphics. I'm so sorry for Mr. Dumba because I wasn't, you know, a very good drawer and that course was one of the boring ones. Mm -hmm. So he didn't even want me in his class. <laughs> right. So I went and just like tell him that I'm quitting technical graphics. Mm -hmm. I want to do agriculture. 
that was like it sounds so crazy you know you are from zim the yeah. perspective people have on agriculture like oh mm. that's a kind it of needs a, to change yeah dirty thing you know yeah and things that like those people who are not so bright can do or people like you know old people yeah the elderly so um yeah i had to fight for it it wasn't easy uh and they say oh you are not going to write exams final form four exams uh if you you know you don't have a practical and i was like okay that's fine then the whole year i didn't have a practical still fighting for getting it and i'm so proud of myself because i won that battle in i think i was now in form three second term i started agriculture and I did not move alone. We were a class of 55 and 33 people moved to agriculture with me. So it means those, those 33 students were doing something that, you know, they were not like, you know, liking, but that was the school system. They were just doing it because they were doing it. Mm. I did agriculture. Uh, come the <laughs> Zimsek results. My maths uh, was not good, so mm -hmm. I couldn't proceed with, um, you know, I couldn't proceed with vet because I wanted to do veterinary sciences, so I couldn't uh, proceed with, um, with sciences for A-level. Mm -hmm. I couldn't either uh, proceed with commercials because I was like, oh, okay, if this, you know, kind of fell, then I would go. I did accounts on my own in past. So the account like teacher really wanted me. Mm -hmm. The economics teacher was against my <laughs> combination because he thought that I couldn't, uh, you know, do economics with a C in mathematics because it's, he thought it's a challenging subject. Right, right. And at the end of the day, I ended up doing uh, arts I uh, started a level in June because of all those setbacks. It wasn't easy, mm. but um, it was a good lesson. I have learned a lot uh, in that whole process, fighting for my, you know, for what I love, what I'm passionate about, mm. and what I will never regret because what I do with the agriculture sets my heart on fire, makes me a happy person every day, gives me, you know, the reason uh, to work up with passion, with purpose, and take pride in agriculture. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it happened like that. I did, my brother was very happy. We are going to have a lawyer in the house. Anyway, I, I didn't become a lawyer. I went to Costa Rica. I did agricultural sciences. And, you know, in all this, I'm just like learning that life is uh, spontaneous, you know, sometimes we are so determined uh, about achieving something, but life can take you, you know, anyway, you know, but yeah. at the end of the day, I don't regret where I am. And I, all of that, like, I just like, you know, from that experience, I have learned to join the dots. I, I would just like understand what I want to do next, right? How I can get there. If I don't have the right opportunity that can take me there today, 
what is the opportunity available that I can connect that somewhere, somehow, you know, can take me there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I really so, love that. Um, like being receptive to what life is offering you instead of this idea of what everyone is expecting you to do, even though people might still be expecting something good, there might be something better, which is more unconventional. So yeah, now maybe walk us through how Chashi Foods um, came about, but also how you've been managing and how you've managed to have such a great team, I believe. Like I see your post on Instagram and it's such good branding. Um, you are now in stores. How did this all happen? Yeah, so uh, because of the passion that, so we buy produce from directly from the farmers, especially women farmers and the youth from the rural areas uh, around Arare, Murewa, Mutoko, uh, we, we dry them and sell them as health snacks. So 100% natural, good source of vitamins <laughs> and something to keep you healthy, you know. So for people, you know, uh, who are trying to lose weight, for people who are just trying to enjoy a health diet, ask Chashuya your nugget. <laughs> also of um, the dry, if you are a farmer, or if you are, if you buy some things, then you 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 can't you know sell everything. You want to transform them. You can give us. We can give you also the best dried you know produce that you can resell and still get your money back. Uh, apart from that, we also voluntarily train farmers. If you want to learn how to dry um, your produce at home in a very hygienic way that is uh, safer in terms of food quality and safety, we'll teach you to do that for free. And we have already like trained a lot of farmers uh, during the pandemic, 250 plus, I developed wow. the guide, I translated it in Shona. So we can just simply forward it to you. And wow. if you have questions, you can also ask us, yeah. So that's how we came up with uh, the brand Cheshi. That's so amazing. It's like using something that could be wasted, making it profitable and making it still benefit those farmers. And then again, you are long-term, you're training these people to be better in their business. I mean, you're talking about how some of them, they don't know their cost of production. And then now they actually know that all other important tools that they need to um, be aware of. So yeah, I'm just wondering what is ultimately your vision for Chashi and even just farming in Zimbabwe in general? Yeah, so um, <laughs> my vision is far bigger than me, but okay. anyway, just talking about it will just, you know, um, make will just become a reminder for me each and every day that I have a very big goal right. to to achieve yeah. so uh what i want to achieve i have a very big dream for agriculture not only in zimbabwe but for agriculture in the continent wow. right wow. an industry that feeds you it's worth supporting right so we are talking of next billionaires in agriculture yes. right <laughs> 
<laughs> and we are talking of above 60% of uh, the total African population depending on agriculture, mm. right? And um, we are just talking like of uh, most of the people living in rural areas. I am a village girl, so everything that has something to do with uh, the village, it's my top priority, right? Mm -hmm. So those people depending on um, agriculture, depending on land for, for livelihood, what I see with agriculture, mm -hmm. the problem is the imagery. It doesn't have a good imagery, although things are improving, you know? Wow. Things, yeah, people, you know, don't go for agriculture, thou people. Work for the old, you know? It's um, people- The bank, yeah. Wearing tattered clothes in the, you know, in the field the whole day. There is much to agriculture, right? Agriculture is life. It's a business right? too. It's a business. Yeah. So why can't we inspire our generation to see that, you know, that agriculture has a potential yeah. and all of some of this big problem that they're facing things like unemployment or retarded economic growth. Why can't we try to, you know, revamp our agricultural systems? And actually, so the vision is to inspire the youth in Africa to take agriculture as a business. And I don't want it to be a business where people just grow and sell because that's why most of the farmers are not progressing, are not getting richer because uh, you need to transform it. When you transform it to a product, it has a lot of value, right? For example, let's say when people are exporting oranges to South Africa, five cents, and a tropical company in South Africa made, make a uh, 100% natural orange juice. When it comes back to Zimbabwe, it's costing $3, right? And how many oranges actually do you need to, to make uh, 100 mules or a one liter, maybe five oranges because everything is going to, to be transformed, right? Yeah. So at the end of uh, the day, you just calculate five oranges, 25 cents, production cost, maybe you put 20 or 15, right? And when you are buying it back, it's three, it's $3 something, right? So that's where we need to put our effort to like, okay, how are we going to make sure that we are industrializing the agriculture? make it that very much profitable business and try to compete in the international markets. I know that there is the question that, okay, the African continent was just created, you know, somebody decided to make it a ground for extracting raw materials, make it difficult for us to get machinery. Everything you need to import is very expensive. And at the end of the day, it will force you to export we need to have those local industries that support our local people, that support our local economies, that support us and that makes us richer. So that's my vision, inspiring the African youth in agriculture, take it business to the other level. And myself, I want to have one of the biggest also processing company in Africa or in anything, you know, I don't, don't want to limit myself, but 
I have that plan of taking it to another level because at the end of the day, I can't preach what I can't do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I love everything you were talking about. Um, especially I was writing notes on how, <laughs> yeah, I was writing notes, especially on how it's a theme for all kinds of investing, actually. Like I talk to people who do investing in real estate at the end of the day, it's like, how can you take that product that people just see as, oh, it's Bambaira. You clean it up, you package it. It's the same thing with charging foods. You're taking something that if it's just on the ground, it's like, okay, it's dried fruit, whatever. But then you clean it, you package it, you market it, and you have a great brand. You can talk to people and all of a sudden it's profitable. And I think that's the same perspective with agriculture where I don't know who convinced people, you know, it's the most unrealistic thing. But if you look at all the countries that are developed, they have mastered agriculture. So there is no way we can sit there and think, I what? Don't you know, there is kind of uh, exploitation in that, you know? Yeah. Being brainwashed. Right. Let me just put it that way. Being brainwashed, right? Mm -hmm. They tell you that um, that's not profitable, mm -hmm. right? Make your life so difficult. And at the end of the day, you go to their country. What are you doing promoting the agricultural system? Because I'm working like as an environmental officer in an uh, agribusiness. Right. A lot of people there come and, you know, even whatever, whatever they're doing, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, you'll just see like if these people are in their countries, they will not mm -hmm. do that for themselves. They're right. doing it because somebody's putting money to it. So that's like, you know, a, a kind of thing that we just like, you know, we start with the few resources that we have. We give each our best. Trust me, if you give anything that you are doing the best, you can get mm -hmm. the best out of it. Yeah. So it's just that kind of discouragement and uh, I don't know, like people saying, okay, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not. I have studied agriculture, right? Mm -hmm. And with that agriculture, I have traveled in four continents, different countries, being on bigger platforms. Uh, living the best life that I'm just talking about this not to break but to inspire somebody right <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about it to inspire right sure. because of agriculture yeah I've traveled you know sometimes I just like ask myself oh if I were a banker I wouldn't have gone anywhere I would have maybe been in the bank the whole day so um, it's a reputable career that people can pursue and pursue it with an open mind. Like, you know, we are not pursuing agriculture with the mindset that I'll be in the field. Pursue agriculture with the business mindset. Pursue agriculture, you know, with uh, that mindset that a lot of opportunities actually can come out of, out of agriculture. It sounds like, you know, part of your success, a huge part of it is the fact that you actually are a good planner, you're strategic, you have a vision. I'm hearing you talk about how even for the farmers, you're the one who wrote down the plan, you translated it, like you're constantly executing and thinking of what to do next. So how do you inspire 
because if we want Zimbabweans or Africa in general to become better farmers and actually good at the business, they need to have those skills as well, organization, strategicness and whatnot. So how do you inspire them to do that, to write business plans, to have strategic visions? How do we get there? Yeah, so I think uh, the first thing is to just understand, uh, you know, some people do farming for sustaining their families, right? right? Subsistence, yeah. And some people aspire to, to do beyond, right? And uh, since agriculture is, uh, is part of the culture, like it's a traditional thing, that has been there for four years and people have had a way like our grandmothers and their parents had a way they were doing it so it's understanding like okay the goal what is the goal you have your one hectare or two hectares or three acres or four acres right what do you want to do with it right after you understand if you want to grow things that you can eat with your family, like other people growing food at the backyards, growing vegetables, onions, you know, for eating, that's fine. But if you want to make the best out of agriculture, then make it a business, right? So a business, is, uh, it has, you know, an order structure that it follows, right? There are things that are essential are critical for one to make profits right so i would be just like have the business mindset right and it doesn't matter whether you went to a business school or you didn't go to a business school learn from others who are already in the business there is also power in sharing that knowledge sharing from the people who have been in the industry for a long time, right? And take like a step out of your comfort zone because you want to make the best out of it. There are a lot of online courses and all this stuff. For me, after I got my agricultural engineering degree, because I know that I wanted to go into the space uh, in agriculture, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I want it to be a business and I evaluate myself and I was honest with myself that I need to, to increase, expand and deepen my business knowledge. I decided to go to the business school, right? And now mm -hmm. I'm not working in, okay, I'm working in a business, but what I do is more of environmental and also comprise the business aspect of, of things. So it's taking business as a, like taking farming as a business and not that business should have like you know goals right should have structure should have a plan because it's a business so for example most of the farmers except like those who are, have been joined the the cooperatives those who have been farming on schemes that have people to train them bookkeeping i'm talking of simple bookkeeping I'm talking uh, of it from experience. For my professional work experience, 12 months in Costa Rica, I worked with five farmers who have successful businesses. 
Uh, they have been they have been in business. What I did is very simple, teaching them basic principles of uh, bookkeeping. Right, it's a business, so everything that goes into a business that goes out of the business yeah. should be recorded. Mm -hmm. Right, and from that we we will become aware whether what we are doing is profitable or is not. Right, from like like. That's why I'm so passionate. If I see a farmer that really need that knowledge, I do not hesitate to give them because how we, my grandmother was doing farming, we go, the cotton company of Zimbabwe gave us inputs, you know, fertilizer, the seeds, the chemicals. After that, maybe we had five or seven bales of cotton. Five of them are going to pay the credit and we are left with two very content right oh this year we had seven bells of cotton we used five to pay for the credit and we left with two that wasn't profitable i didn't know the cost but that wasn't profitable you know yeah so it's it's very important that uh you you put okay how much have you spent on your input just write it down how many days you have been weeding? You hired someone to come with their cows for drudgery or to come with their donkeys to plow in. Write it down, right? So that by the time you have your harvest, you just put together everything, the labor, the resources that you use, and you calculate how much you're going to sell it in the, in the market, right? And we deal away with the problem of intermediaries who are impoverishing farmers, right? I calling out of them like it's very good. You know, we need to be human. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, and also I'm not saying like uh, the intermediaries are very bad people. They are doing business and they also want to make profit, but they're making profit on ignorant people, people that lack knowledge of how they yeah. can calculate and they are vulnerable, they're desperate for market, you take a price for them. So at the end of the day, if you don't know your production cost, how are you going to tell somebody that, okay, my five liter bucket of tomatoes is $5, that's it. And if somebody is saying it's $2, you say it can't. My production cost is this, this amount. If I sell to you at $2, I'm making a loss, you know? So that knowledge is very important. And when you do that, it's so simple. You do it like in your own way. It's very, very simple. It will give you like, you know, a very good insight whether you are making profit or you are not making profit, right? And um, I just also want, you know, as a business, just to know, like, you know, understanding the market dynamics is very important. I want, I'm just talking about it from the experience with the cabbage farmers. Right. Like, yeah, cabbage and tomatoes. So they come in one season, there will be glute in the market. And even if like tomatoes, are, you know, they are plenty, they're flooding the market. Even if you were supposed to sell a bucket for $10 because there are plenty, nobody's going to give a damn, buy them at $10. They're going to buy them at five, $3, you know? 
And at the end of the day, they're perishable. You can't keep them. You need to send them away. So just timing is part of, you know, part of your farming uh, is very important. You time the season, right? If you grow your tomatoes, I still remember in March, April, when there are no tomatoes at Mbare, tomatoes by that time, they will be like, you know, very expensive. Yeah. Just go with that flow, you know, when they are very expensive, you make a lot of money. Wow. When they're in season, you're not going to make a lot of money. So it's just those kind of things. And those that kind of thing doesn't require you to go to school, just like require you to understand the market, how goods flows into the market. Right. The same way with other people buying a lot of apples, stock them. After they are out of season, they take them to buy and sell them like at a, a better price. And if you are... If you want to also, you know, get support from investors, you now need to make a business plan, you know, and it's not only about investors. I think also right now when you need a farm in Zimbabwe, I don't have one. I need it. So if you are happen to listen to this podcast and you have a farm, please give me a piece of it. <laughs> right. So you also need to have a plan if you they are going to apply, you are applying for land. They want like to see your business plan and, you know, so it can just save you like a lot. So business planning, having your cost kind of things, understanding the market dynamics. Those are the three very important things to take into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. And how about you have obviously secured funding from different places, but What's your advice to people who are also trying to get capital or people who are actually afraid that am I even worth of getting capital to get my business um, to the next level? Yeah, so what I can say, because anyway, just to put it here uh, for the public, when we started Chashi, We didn't have any money. We didn't have the bank account as well. So when you don't have money, you can't expect to have a bank account. Right. So I, it's very important. I want to say that as a best, right? We didn't have money. We had the idea. We worked on the idea. We asked for help. So I was at school. I take advantage of the school processing laboratory I went there, I processed my things in my class. I decided to have a project that I focused on the thing that I wanted to develop. So that like massively cut the, you know, product development cost for us, right? And because we worked to have something to show the people, the time we started showing people that we have a business idea, we don't have money, but this is the product like, you know, a prototype of what we really intend to do, Yeah. you know? So people started, you know, we, people started to be more interested because they saw something. If like the first days we talked to people without uh, any product, without it, anything, yeah. it was a different narrative. But mm. the moment that people have seen something, mm. right? They could connect us to other people. So what you need in a business, it's not only, 10,000 in food that you want. You can yeah. still get that 10,000 from different people. 
you also need apart from you you need uh you know human capital you need people who can connect you you know so some of the things we got them donated for example the first um lab courts and the kind of things that we used we didn't buy them we got them from people people donated them to us before we bought ours right so it's because people are seeing everything are seeing something so at the end of the day it's those people may be a friend a relative they are willing to support you they can support you so you you don't like it's not necessarily that you get all the money from investors so you can you know get money from those people around you you can get support from those people around you you need business advice and all the stuff uh that people can actually give it to you for free when they see that you are a very serious person so having all that said what i can say is that a good idea attracts money right right when you have your idea put more effort to put it out with the little resources that we have with i said we didn't have money i used to the at the university like the laboratory to put the product out you know and when the product was out we got people and it was easier you know to apply for a grant and to do a pitching and show the product on the slide you know this is the product that we are intending to have and we have you know people also want to know that how much you are contributing as the owner of the business to it before they give you their money because business yeah. is an investment right Mm -hmm. How much are you putting in your business before somebody come to give you money? So if you have your idea, you don't have resources, do not give up, work on your idea, bring out something. Uh, do not also fear to share, share with people, people will share with the, their people in their networks. And that way you get help, you know, you get help. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, getting people to know you is also a good way you know it will makes your marketing uh you know Easier, cost very yeah. low because the word of mouth spread you know so that kind of yeah. that kind of thing do not wait to first have money in the bank ways start working start mm -hmm. putting the structure of your business writing documents have everything in place surely money who come to you yeah right when I love people what you see saying. that you yeah. are you are serious they will also take you serious and they will be willing to give you the necessary support you need mm -hmm. i love what you're saying and it makes me think of kind of like you are the one who has to lead with your idea because i think sometimes you're like oh i have this idea but you haven't done anything so you're waiting for people's money when it's like no you lead with it and show them that you are actually taking off you lead yeah. with it invest in it to show that you know i believe in my business i'm putting one thousand or hundred dollars or whatever you have to show mm -hmm. that i'm willing to lose this money because i believe in this idea but my last question for you is um i think at the beginning you talked about how seeing your mother you were inspired by her and then now living with your grandmother she looking watching what she did that did um also mm -hmm. inspired you so now we are also in a position where you influence other young women um, or the youth in general. So mm -hmm. what do you hope to inspire them to do? Or what do you hope they take away from just 
the work that you're doing. Yeah, so what I can just to, uh, just to say is uh, uh, we need role models, right? Mm -hmm. We need uh, role models. And uh, I want also to be, you know, to appreciate my mother wherever she is resting. Yeah. She really inspired me. She really inspired uh, the woman that I have become in her absence. Mm -hmm. So is my grandmother, my grandmother, you know, uh, inspired me in different, small, but uh, great, greater ways, so to say. Uh, she was a very courageous woman. She was the father of the house, the grandmother of the house, uh, the mother of the house, uh, how she had love for people, how she had passion for things that uh, anything that she, wa she wanted to do, she could do it with passion. Mm -hmm. I didn't know because I was very young, mm -hmm. but oh, she's really inspiring me. Right now, I look at myself, how I feel for people that compassionate part of me, I took it from my grandmother. She just said, these people are suffering. What can we do to help, you know? Right. I, I, ha I have that thing naturally in me. When I see people suffering, I ask myself, uh, why do I have this situation before me? Yeah. What can I do to help, whether I help, uh, you know, very in a very small way or in a bigger way, um, you know, it's help. I have helped people in the orphanage because I grew up in orphan. My grandmother just gave me that that love, right? Mm -hmm. So what I just want to inspire people, like I, what I can say, we we need role models apart from my mother my my grandmother there were a lot of people i don't want to mention names because if i left some out <laughs> you know, it's gonna put me in yeah. yeah but um surely a lot of people contributed to my growth contributed to the person that i am today i couldn't be what i am today without their inputs so to everyone who really supported me when i needed help the most or when I needed someone to point me to the right direction. Thank you so much. I'm still paying it forward. Right. So we need uh, people who inspire each other. We need people who, you know, give guidance to each other. We need cheerleaders. Yes. So I like challenge you to be somebody's cheerleader, to be your young sister's cheerleader, to be your neighbor's cheerleader to be that girl in your village that you are not even related to cheerleader because some of the things that made me be the person that I am, there were people say, oh, you are doing great. That could make me feel better. That could make me you know, work more mm -hmm. to get more good comments. So, yeah. <laughs> right? So let's yeah. just inspire each inspire each other. Sometimes you you know you don't know that you are inspiring people. You know, mm -hmm. you are doing smaller things. You know, it's those like very small things that we do every day that 
makes a big difference. Sometimes we do small things and we not even realize that oh, we are impacting people. Yeah. So be careful of how you carry yourself outside, how you do your thing. You have the power to, you know, lift up others or mm-hmm. make them, you know, regret. Some people do not have like role models. Maybe you are one of their role models moving around. Maybe they are so afraid to come and approach you. Yeah. But doing good inspires others also to do good. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just have that spirit of supporting each other, seeing each other not like as competitors, but just to trying to understand that each and every one of us, we are trying to be the better people than the people we were yesterday. And uh, you know what? If you want to go far in life, if you want to make it, the easiest way to do that is to uplift others, is to support others. I got where I am because I support people. Mm-hmm. I support others. And uh, it, trust me, that kind of support you give to others always speaks Jesus. for you, yeah. right? So let's have that kind of spirit that I want the person beside me. I want the people around me to be better. I want them to succeed. I want to see them happy. You know, whenever uh, somebody is down, go and grab their hands, help them stand. You know, that's how we make this world um, a better place. And if we have love for each other, love for uplifting each other, then we have the best religion. That might be better than going to church every day. Thank you so much for getting, for ending on such a big note and a big message to the whole world, actually, beyond even, you know, the farming, the business, and um, the work I know you're doing. Um, I would love to continue the conversation with you offline. Uh, you are such an inspirational person, and especially how helpful and humble you are, despite everything you're doing and that you've accomplished. <laughs>